Welcome to the Moms for Wellness podcast on FM Enlightenment Radio or TV. This is a podcast for moms who are passionate about being healthy and leading their kids to do the same. Welcome back to the show, Mama. So today we are talking about what is probably one of the most common goals when we think about goal setting, finances. And we are in our series of goals. Um, episode, the first episode, we talked about family goals. The second episode of the series, we talked about health goals. And today we are talking about finance goals. So I've got some questions for you. Have you ever actually set financial goals that you have reached? And if not, why not? Or maybe the question is actually better to say, have you ever even set financial goals? Maybe that's not even something you have ever done. So if not, I'm glad you're listening. Stay with us because this is so, so important. The next question I want to ask you is, what kind of example are you setting for your children when it comes to finances and handling money? And then I want to ask you, do you know how to create wealth with compounding interest as a common person, like without investing know-how? Do you know how to do that? And the thing is, the average person needs, they're saying the average numbers here, the average person needs about two and a half million dollars to retire today. Do you have that stored up? (laughs) We're going to be talking about ways that you can start piling up that money towards retirement. This is what we're going to get into in the second segment of our conversation. I'm really excited to share that with you. I've got a lot of great info and ideas for you, and I think that will be very helpful and very eye-opening. So we're going to start, though. We're going to start small and then work our way big. So we're going to work our way from where we are to where we could imagine ourselves to be. So let's start with the first question. Have you ever actually set financial goals that you have reached and why or why not? And then we even took that back, peeled it back a little bit and said, well, maybe just start with have you ever set financial goals? So have you done that? Have you ever really even thought about where you are headed financially. Because I think the reality is for so many people, it's one of two things. One, either we are living paycheck to paycheck, which is actually 66% of us, so there's a good chance that's you, and we're just trying to make ends meet, so the thought of making financial plans or goals just seems daunting and unrealistic. Like, yeah, okay. I don't think so. So that's one scenario, one possibility, one boat you might be in. Or the second one is we go off, get a good job, we're making money, we're making ends meet, enjoying getting things that we want, just going along with life, not really thinking much about the future. And if we should even have a financial strategy for retirement or even for a rainy day. So the thing is, is that both of those scenarios, both of those situations, boat one, boat two, are actually very similar. The only difference is the perception of having enough to make it through each month. But both are actually basically living paycheck to paycheck. Because when you don't have enough left over at the end of the month to be able to 
put into savings or investment or retirement or basically anything other than bills, basically then you are living paycheck to paycheck. And actually, I, I want to flip that and say that we ought to be allocating that money right in the beginning of the month. That's where the planning part comes in. Then you decide where that money goes and what you have for spending. You already know before the month even starts what you have for each of the buckets that you're looking to spend money and all of your uh, bills and all of those things, the regular um, monies that come up that you need to pay. You have all that, so you already know that. You're looking at that before the month even starts. So maybe your financial goal just might be to start with looking at where you are actually spending money right now and taking inventory of that because if what i just said to you sounded like greek to you then that's a great place to start if you're not even aware of what you're spending on the various different things then start there start taking a look at that and i know i know this definitely hits home big time in the economy that we are in right now at the end of the year in 2022. Things are really, really tough. Inflation is crazy high, so we are spending so much more money on all the regular average things that we normally get, right? Families are easily spending on average of $500 more a month just to get the same things we were a few months ago. So I get it. I get it. It's, it's definitely really tough right now. So that makes this, what we are talking about right here, right now, even more necessary to do and to pay attention to. Okay. So step one, look at what you are spending and where you are spending it. Take inventory. Okay. So do that. Take a look at what you have going on and really, truly be aware of it. Then step two, think about where you would like to be spending money. So just imagine. So take some time right now. Close your eyes. Well, don't do this if you are driving. <laughs> but if you are not driving, close your eyes, sit back, and just imagine that what you would do, what you would like to be able to do, to have added into your budget? What would you like added into your budget? What would you love to be able to do? What would you love to be able to offer to your kids? Maybe it's simply the feeling of knowing you have enough to cover all the expenses that you have right now. Maybe it's piano lessons for your child. Maybe it's that new sports team. Maybe it's being a member of the chess club, whatever it is, imagine it being a part of what you can cover every month. And look at the spending that you are currently doing. And is there spending that you can move around? Are you spending more on one thing than you would like to be doing? And you could lower that and then move that money to something new. A lot of this is just simply being aware of where we are spending our money. Because I think a lot of money just slips through our hands without even truly realizing where we are spending it. So this is all in just simply being aware of where our money is going and how much of it is going to all the various things that you have going on. So awareness and intention. These are key 
when it comes to our finances. And it's just like any other goal that we have talked about so far in this whole series. Like we talked about our family goals and our health goals, and it all boils down to the same thing. It matters what intention and what focus that we give it. Just like various family activities and time together and trips, it's not just going to happen, right? You have to be intentional about it. Just like being healthy, it's not just going to happen. Like you need to be intentional about the food that you bring into the house, the food that you offer your kids. You have to be intentional about the habits you create. And so it is with our finances also. It's not just going to happen that we are financially sound and able to do the things that we truly want to do. So we need to be intentional about it. So here is your opportunity to take some time to think about it and be intentional about your finances. So let's think about those big goals that you have set in the past but not attained. You have to start small. Did you start small before or did you just set this lofty goal and say, okay, I hope I get that. So start with where you are. Take a good look at where you are and where you want to be. What is it going to cost you to get to where you want to be? And are you willing to make that sacrifice? Because there is always a cost, no matter what the goal, doesn't matter what goal we're talking about, there's always a cost and you need to be willing to take that and be committed to it. Does that sound familiar? Have you heard this before? (laughs) There's a theme, there's just variations on the theme, but it comes back to your mindset and your intention and your desire Your desire for that thing has to be greater and stronger than all of the pain and difficulty that is going to come towards you. So you need to be committed to the outcome. So what could some of these sacrifices look like? All right. So let's get a little practical right now. So what are some things that we're talking about? We could kind of switch things around in the money that we are already spending. So it could be like little things like switching your coffee that you bought at the drive-thru for homemade coffee or dare I say ditch the coffee altogether (laughs) but I I won't create any fans there doing that so just drink energy fizz instead but that's a thought just swapping out instead of just looking at that cost reduce your eating out expenses or choose not to eat out at all for a period of time. But one of the ways that you could reduce your eating out expenses, um, you could simply just not eat out as often. Um, Also, you can be really intentional about looking for deals and discounts and various things when you go out because there's like, you know, Taco Tuesday, you know, tacos for a dollar or just whatever, you know, you eat before this time or um, you take your kid and the meal's free for them or whatever, like looking for those kinds of things and taking advantage of those to be able to reduce, reduce those expenses. Another idea is to swap out clothes with a friend instead of shopping for new clothes. So just do a swap with a friend. Um, in the same thought of uh, shopping, shop consignment shops, especially when you have something specific that you do need to go get. Otherwise, 
just put off the shopping and just do that another time. Um, just work with the things that you've got. Um, also with that, if you are looking for a specific event or something coming up, um, instead of purchasing, like if you need a dress or a gown or something like that, there's also, you can rent those. Um, there's different uh, websites and different apps that you can do that from. So there's other options. So explore and look at different options that you have to be able to uh, save money and reduce the spending there. Gas, buy cheaper gas. So pay attention to this and, and really be intentional about where you're buying your gas. Take advantage of the shopping clubs if you're members of those. Um, use various apps. There's all kinds of apps that can help you get cheaper gas. Pay attention to the prices around town. <laughs> it's like a joke in, in my family. My dad would always be like, oh, that one's a penny cheaper. I'm going to go to that one. So, um, but just having that awareness because I'm amazed at how many people are just like, oh, I just got gas here. Like, don't you know that that's the most expensive one in town? Like, don't go to that one all the time. So don't go that one ever. So pay attention to that and just be intentional to be able to bring those expenses down. Here's one that you know is near and dear to my heart. I, if you have listened to any episodes with me, but meal plan. Meal planning is not only a, a convenience factor, but also it, it helps you cut down on your expenses because then you're only buying the things that you need and it limits the times that you're going to the grocery store. So either meal plan, and then you will naturally only go once or twice, like, or just reduce it to like only go to the grocery store once a week. Because when you are going often, making often, making a lot of trips, and like you know you end up getting all kinds of things that you didn't really need. So just cut that possibility out altogether by just not going in extra times into the store. Along with that with shopping, buy in bulk on things that you know you use regularly. So pay attention to the prices though because you do want to pay attention to that because where you can get the better deal. Here's a great idea. I like this one. Clean out your pantry every quarter. So that way you know what you have and so you don't let foods expire and you actually use the foods that you have. Um, and then make meals with those ingredients. So then you're using those, you're, you know what you have and things don't get lost in there and thus you're wasting money. Stop buying bottled water. I'm amazed at how many people do that. Refill your own bottle at home, okay? So there's an expense you can cut down on. Cut cable, maybe. Look at your TV watching habits and consider only getting a few streaming services or hark, maybe none at all. <laughs> I know, shocker there. Um, but remember, it depends on what goals you have and what you are willing to sacrifice. So just know that these are actual options for you. Okay. Here's another one um, that you might not have even thought of, but put a freeze on attending birthday parties. Hence, you're taking away the expense of getting gifts. So uh, it might sound really extreme, but I've heard that um, before just you know, as an idea, like those are expenses that you have. Go through your expenses with a fine tooth comb and see if there are things that you are paying for that you forgot about, <laughs> like a gym membership maybe that you're not using or streaming services you don't use or storage device that you don't need or an app that keeps charging you but you don't use it. I mean, you would be surprised at what has recurring expenses that you might not even be aware of. So just be aware of the things that you are paying for. Use cash only. It'll be a very eye-opening Thing, I think for you and 
It's just to see how much you are actually spending. And it's also a psychological thing too, because when you are letting go of that cash, it's a lot more than just swiping a card. Um, so that could be something that is helpful for making sure it's cutting down on your spending. One of the biggest things is to pay off your credit card in full every month. And if you're not there yet, keep listening because we are going to be talking about ways to create that extra cash flow to take care of that and to then start investing for a retirement. But if you are there, make sure that that is a priority to be doing that. And many ideas can save you thousands of dollars each year with only small changes made by you. So start with one idea this month then watch the savings trickle in, then add another idea next month, then continue to do that each month and watch the savings stack up. Start small and then build, okay? So, all right, so let's talk about the second question. What kind of example are you setting for your kids? Are you looking at generational financial issues that you are trying to break through? Or maybe your family has set great financial values and you are looking to continue them and build upon them. Either way, it is up to you and you alone as to what kind of example you set for your children when it comes to their understanding of finances and the way that they view it. I always think of Robert Kiyosaki when it comes to this topic. So if you are not familiar, Robert Kiyosaki is the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the number one personal finance book of all time. He is an entrepreneur, an educator, and an investor. And in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of his basic conclusions that he writes about is that we need to discuss money with our kids. It should not be a taboo subject. Because the thing is, if we do not talk about it, how will they know about anything that anything about it. They need to learn how it works and to understand the nuances of it. Without exposure, how would you be able to use it effectively? So in his book, he explains poor dad was his actual dad, his real dad, who went to college, got a good job, he was a teacher, and he had a steady paycheck. And then his rich dad is his friend's dad who runs a business and has taught Robert about balance sheets, cash flow, and how money works. And it's fascinating, isn't it? So his, and he, he goes, he expands upon it a lot, but the point is like he learned how money works and about finances from his friend's dad from his other dad that was open about it and talked about it and shared about it. Whereas his dad was like, oh, I got my job. We don't talk about that. So my point is this, stop and think about what kind of legacy you want to leave for your kids. Do you want them to be responsible with money? Do you want them to be knowledgeable about how they can be savvy and earn and invest and save money? Or do you want them to be a victim of their circumstances? Do you want them to sit where they are and complain that no one is doing anything for them? Or do you want to teach them how they can make something happen for themselves? It is a powerful thing what we teach our children. Let them know they are capable. Let them know they are smart. Give them the knowledge of how money works. And here's a few practical ways that you can do that. Games are a great way that kids learn about life and money. And so the game life is a very common one, but I would like to suggest an even better one, and it's called cash flow. 
And this is Robert Kiyosaki's game, and there is a version for kids, so it's cash flow for kids. And so I think we have a picture of it if you're watching. Um, but it is a compre is a comprehensive game. Yep, there it is, and it really helps teach kids real life examples of how money works. So definitely check that out um, as one way of teaching them and getting used to this. Um, but then one by far one of the best ways is to let them learn from their own money by having an allowance or doing odd jobs around the home to earn extra money they have their own money and then they learn how far it goes and they can make decisions on what they really want to spend it on so we have taught our kids that when they earn money they tithe it they save and invest some of it and then they have some to spend so that they do those things those three things automatically with all the monies that they get later as they get older you can even help them draft up a budget and be able to understand how that works um, you can create a bank account for them and have them monitor, monitor it and they can see their money grow. Um, as a teen, they can do odd jobs or even get a job at a local restaurant or a store. They can do various things like babysitting, raking leaves, shoveling snow, pet sitting, refereeing. That's a big one um, that they can look into. So there's a lot of different ways that they can earn money and then be able to have their own income. Even teaching them about credit is important as they will be bombarded by credit card companies as soon as they set foot on a college campus or get out on their own. And using a debit card is actually even better because they cannot spend what they don't have. So it's a great way of teaching them how to be responsible with with their money and in their early 20s talk to them about opening a Roth IRA it can be one of the most important financial things that you ever share with your child and I'll be sharing more about that in the next part so stay tuned to that but the bottom line is this talk to your kids about money be open with them, teach them, let them learn by being an active part of the family, let them earn money, teach them about taxes and food prices and all the things. So what financial goals do you want to set for your family and for yourself for this upcoming year? What debt do you want to knock out? What rearranging of your spending do you want to do? What legacy do you want to create and give to your children? Decide now and start taking action now. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be diving into how you can generate more income than what you are currently now having and what an impact that can make on your future. So you're listening to Moms for Wellness with me, Jenny Hardy, on SM Enlightenment Radio and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, I am really excited about this part. We are continuing our conversation on financial goals. And this is where it gets really exciting because we are talking about increasing our income and creating exponential growth for our money. And I heard this training recently and I want to pass it on to you because it is so valuable and so thought provoking. So I want to start off by asking you a question. How open minded are you? to opportunities to earn money that you can use to create compounding interest. So 
So let me ask that again. How open-minded are you to opportunities to earn money that you can use to create compounding interest? So I want to start off by having you do a little exercise. So take a piece of paper and draw 10 circles across the top and then draw eight more rows underneath it. So it's a total of, it's a 10 circles across the top and nine down, okay? So 10 by nine, so draw 90 circles. So if you're doing this in real time, pause the recording and do that, okay? All right, so now you're back, you have your 90 circles. So now we've got all of our circles. So what I want you to do is color in all the circles that represent your age or just cross out, put a big X over all the circles that represent your age. Now think about the circles that you have left. Some have more, some have less. And think about the circles that your kids have left also. So we are living upwards in our 80s as our today's life expectancy is far longer than it used to be. And back when Social Security was created and the retirement age was set, the first retirement age was set at 65, the life expectancy was less than 65 years old. So most people didn't make it to retirement. I mean, it's a crazy thought, isn't it? And now our life expectancy is in the 80s and the retirement age is still 65. So as a result of this, people have lived longer and longer and then companies had legacy costs. <clears throat> and these legacy costs for companies started to grow <clears throat> as people started living longer and needed the use of them. So legacy costs are retirement costs and benefits and what they need to pay out in retirement to retired employees. And so it was difficult for companies to keep up with that cost. And then in turn, new competitors would come into the space and they did not have these legacy costs. So this created companies it put them at a loss and so they needed to reduce their legacy costs in order to be able to compete so they reduced or got rid of their retirement benefits and their retirement plans so today retirement plans are largely up to the employee to take care of this employee who is living longer and it will probably keep going up and those of us who are taking advantage of the health information and actually doing those things, our life expectancy will go up even more. So we need to plan for that cost. How are we going to pay for that? So thinking about the dots, it's really sobering because we have a tendency to put off till tomorrow. I'll save tomorrow. Like I'll do it tomorrow. But there's a point when tomorrow is too late. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. And let me remind you what I mentioned earlier in case it just flew past you when I said it. But today, in order to retire, you need two and a half million dollars. And this is according to financial planning experts. So how are we able to save from our already not enough, right? How do we get ahead? We get ahead by creating financial peace for ourselves. We need to plan for a really long life, especially as women, we are living longer than our husbands. So there's a real need for us to be aware of our finances and be in a financially sound place. And the thing is, sadly, according to Morgan Stanley, only 12% of people 
feel they are on a solid financial footing. 12%, 12% of people say they feel that they are so, they're on solid financial footing. Wow, so this episode is all about changing that number. Let's increase that percentage substantially. This is what we are talking about and this is why we are talking about it. Thing is people are totally unprepared for life events that happen between now and retirement. So as I promised, we're going to look at some numbers and we are going to imagine what life is like if we are investing our money and it is growing with compounding interest, okay? So what does this look like? So if at 25 years old, we invest $300 a month, then at 75 years old, we will have $2 million, okay? So for 25 years old, we start investing $300 every month. At 75, we will have $2 million. Then let's look at if we start investing at 35 years old, 10 years later, we start investing and we're investing $500 a month. At 75 years old, we will have $1 million. And this is based on a 6% return, which is reasonable. So the reason why the second doesn't catch up with the first is because of the power of compounding interest. And compounding interest is, um, I say it's called it one of the eighth wonders of the world. And so it is, or has been called um, one of the wonders because of how amazing it just keeps going. That's why the second one can't keep up with it. So it's powerful, right? So when I told you about opening a Roth IRA or, or an account, or investing young for your children is so important and this is exactly why time is on their side so teach your kids while they are young mama teach them this is why we're having this conversation now while your kids are growing and the things and even if they are grown you can still have this conversation with them it really doesn't matter at what age but be able to take advantage of this okay but now focusing on you even if you are over 35, that's okay. <laughs> you can start now, wherever you are. I just use those ages to show you the example of the power of that, okay? So after a conversation on the family budget earlier, where, oh where, are we going to come up with an extra $500 a month? And we are talking about extra. So we worked hard to make sure we were only spending what we were earning. So now we are looking at investing for our future okay so i'm glad you asked because there are several ways all right so again the whole idea is to create additional income in your spare time so you can do this in a variety of ways and i'm going to give you a couple of different options one way is to start by selling things that are around the house that you don't need anymore. So now this is not necessarily a sustainable option, but it is a way to get started. Um, you can sell them on Facebook Marketplace or any number of other places. There are several apps you can use, like the how isn't what we're going to get into now. Um, but then it actually is something that you can turn into a side hustle if you like it and want to grow it. And it can actually be something that generates that $500 a month for you. So it is a possibility. So you can start with things around and see what it looks like. And that is possible to turn that into a side hustle. Um, you can get a part-time job that you can work in your available hours that generates that $500 a month. You can do various online jobs that you can work in your spare time. A variety of things like tutoring, data entry, file work, 
finding a job that offers remote work and then you can work that into the hours that you have available to you now. Or there's another option, but I want you to stay with me after I share what it is. You can put sweat equity in and generate that $500 a month through a network marketing company. Now, I want you to stay with me. I see your eyes rolling and I see you saying, are you kidding me? She's talking about one of those things. Because the reality is a lot of people who are successful in network marketing swore they would never ever do one of those things. And I myself felt that way, so I completely get it. I understand. But yet, I ask you to have an open mind. And I asked you at the top of the segment, how open-minded are you to opportunities to earn money that you can use to create compounding interest? Many people have a lot of ideas about network marketing, but oftentimes they are based on opinions from people that have no affiliation with the business and no affiliation with any particular company. And I think it actually takes courage to have an open mind. And I think you are going to find an incredible business model and something that makes total sense. And it could be the very opportunity that can transform your life because it has done that for me. So the thing is with this is that you can do this at any age. Many have even started in their late 60s. Do you remember when I talked about earlier about the legacy companies and people being let go and you know retirement benefits being dropped and so a lot of that shuffling happening what can you do at that age where are you going to be able to find a job that's going to meet your needs so this is a viable option for anyone at any age and it is a unique and flexible vehicle it can truly be worked around any schedule imaginable this is truly the simplest and easiest way to build substantial investment and substantial growth. So let me share some background because I have a feeling that you might not be very familiar with it. So in 1946, there was a company called California Vitamins. They were in direct sales. So that means they moved their product through e-commerce, door-to-door sales, those kinds of things directly selling, selling. And side note, network marketing is just one business model in this umbrella of direct sales. So the only people in California Vitamins that could create a sales team were the top salespeople. And they would interview and then allow those people to create a sales team. And the thing was they needed to grow. They needed to grow their company, but they didn't know how. So they made a groundbreaking decision. So what California Vitamins did was they gave every single person, every single salesperson, the opportunity to grow a sales team. And guess what? Over the course of 10 years, it exploded. That's the power of geometric growth. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But California Vitamins had a product called Neutralite. And two people from California Vitamins went on to create Amway. And then they bought California Vitamins. And today, California Vitamins' key product from 1946 is the top selling vitamin in the world regardless of channel. And that's because of the sheer power of numbers. So when you compound your business forces, you compound your sales. So 
Let's look at that geometric growth. What does that look like? How does that work? So if it starts with me, and then I find three people, and then I try to find three more people the next day, and then I try to find three, it would be very hard to keep finding people, right? But if I grow a team of three people, and then they each grow a team of three people, and then they each grow a three, team of three people, so every month they're doing that, in nine months, I'd have 3,280 people in my organization, okay? What if you did that with four people? You just add one more person into that mix each time. So I get four people, and then each of those people gets four people, and then they get four people, and so forth for several months in a row at the end of the nine months, then I would have 21,845 people in my organization. So 3,280 versus 21,845 by just adding one more person each. That's geometric growth. Now, this is just for an example. It is not going to be exact because life just doesn't work that way. But I have the option to do that. And this is the beauty of our industry, and it is unique to network marketing. I can franchise myself and teach others to do the same, okay? So franchise, you've heard that word before. So speaking of franchises, do you know what it takes to own a fast food franchise? So you know, like there's lots and lots of franchises out there, and they're all individually owned um, franchises. So Yes, it depends on the company, but it takes at least somewhere around like $10,000 to buy one. But not only that, but some have very stringent interview processes that is highly competitive, making it very, very difficult to even be considered to be allowed to own one. So does that sound like something available to the average person? Yet here is an opportunity for you to be a franchise owner without that overhead and without that competitive interview process. Just imagine if you treated your network marketing franchise as if you invested $10,000 and 10 rounds of interviews. What could it look like? And remember, there is no limit as to how many that you can teach and train. There's no limit to how many franchises you can grow and you can have in your organization. You're not limited by the landmass. You're not limited by the decisions of the corporation. So when we're talking about franchises, let that sink in. This is something that is available to you wherever you are. No special training needed, no degree needed, no experience needed, and yet it is offering you the ability to grow a network of franchises and the opportunity to generate that $500 a month and to be able to invest it for your future. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if this is for you or not. But if you want the opportunity to talk to me about knowing more about this and working with me, you can reach out to me. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can click on that link and we can set up a time to talk. Or you can just send me a DM on Instagram as well. Now, not all network marketing companies are created equal. And that's why I've done my research and I've picked well. So let me share a little about my company. And we are so relevant, relevant. And it's amazing because after 40 years, 
You know, 40 years ago, we were the pioneer in clean personal care products, and now it has caught on and is something most companies are interested in creating. And we're, we were created when the world didn't even know that things could actually penetrate the skin. And we know today that everything you put on your skin gets absorbed into your body. And so, for example, recently Unilever had to pull Pantene from the shelves because it contained carcinogenic ingredients. Yikes, that is not good. But we are light years ahead of everyone in research and development, and we have the strictest ingredients in the world. And it's not just the exterior that we have um, for products, it's the interior as well. And it matters what you put in your body. So your gut matters and has an impact on your overall look and your overall health. And we are the only company in the world that not only has such a strict ingredient policy, but has also married the inside and the outside so seamlessly. And this is also smart business model because our products are consumable. So there are reorders built into the business model. You don't have to keep rebuilding your customer base. And also on top of that, it's also a smart business plan because it's not an additional expense to people. It's things that they're already currently using. We have a competitive edge in that we have evidence-based products and we ensure our own competitive research is conducted on our products. So I want you to imagine how it would feel if you had $500 every month going toward your retirement investment. How does that make you feel? Does a smile slowly spread across your face? Does the warmth generate in your heart? Does peace spread over your whole body? And just imagine, what if it does work for you? You won't be by yourself. You have a community. It's an investment in your future, an investment in yourself. So again, if you want to explore more about this option and see if it would be a fit for you to work with me, click the link in the show notes that I'll put there or just message me on Instagram. I'm at Jenny Hardy. So we have discussed a lot of really great thoughts, ideas, and tips on how to create financial stability in your family. Make it a priority. Decide on what you are willing to sacrifice to make your goals a reality. Stay focused and do not give up. Be an example to your children to help them set up for financial success and stability. Create additional income to invest in your future. You are worth it. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining me on the Moms for Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Moms for Wellness podcast and leave a five-star rating or review. It really is helpful and we would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.